Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Hey y'all, welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. I'm Patty Holiday, your head fangirl in charge, and this is Monday Movie Minute. Every Monday, we're going to chat about the movies that came out, uh, what we saw last week, what's happening at the box office, and I'll give you some ideas of what you can expect if you are planning to go see these movies this week. Pretty much whatever feels like it needs to be covered on Monday mornings, that's what we're going to talk about, okay? All right, now today we are going to talk about some MFing movies. And yeah, uh, there was a lot of language in the movies that I saw this week. You know, that's what I get when I walked into Shaft, right? I mean, I knew. I I knew that was going to happen. I was prepared for that. That did not surprise me. What did surprise me, however, was another movie that I went and saw that had quite a bit of language uh, added to it. And it took me me a little bit by surprise. I won't lie. Uh, But I also felt like it fit. I'm not complaining. I'm just explaining, if that helps. Okay. So let's go ahead and kick this off. Uh, First, I want to talk about the box office because it was pretty disappointing on all all scales this week. My guess is that a lot of these were rated R, so there wasn't anything that was uh, teen or kid-friendly. Some of the more teen, kid-friendly stuff opened up in previous weeks, and People aren't going back to see them a second time. They're one-and-done type movies. The other thing is they're just, you know, a bunch of sequels or it feels like repeats. So there was nothing nothing really new, nothing really exciting uh, for people to, to get excited about going to the theaters this week. Maybe they're just saving their money for Toy Story 4 next week. I don't know. Everybody kind of underperformed and crashed and burned this week. Men in Black International is the top box office winner. However, it's it's not pretty. It, it, it was a very, very low number for them. Um, I think 28 million, 28.5, something like that. And then uh, number two was Secret Life of Pets. Number three is Aladdin. Number four is Dark Phoenix, which definitely took a big crash and burn uh, from previous week. Then we had Rocketman, Shaft. Shaft opened this week and... Look at that. It's in sixth position. Uh, nobody went to see Shaft. Nobody, except me. I went and saw it. <laughs> Godzilla, King of the Monsters. People are still going to go see that a little bit. Uh, John Wick is hanging in there. I mean, guys, Summer Keanu, I told you, right? If you haven't listened to that episode, please go listen to that one. It's awesome. And Keanu's, Keanu's here to play. We're going to see more of Keanu with Toy Story 4, too. And uh, no spoilers, because I'm not going to do that, but... You're going you're gonna to like what you see with Keanu. He's fun. Late Night also opened this week and really, really low numbers. And then Ma. Still haven't seen Ma. I think she is, I think that's the only one on this list that I haven't seen. So maybe, maybe I need to make that happen since it keeps showing up on the list, right? Okay. So let's talk about what did come out, what was good, what I liked, and what I liked about each movie. Uh, I will say with all four uh, movies that I saw in the theater this week, all four of them were serviceable, had their moments. I enjoyed. I didn't feel like walking out of any of them. I did not think they were a total waste of time. So, hey, that's a that's a positive, right? I didn't feel like I wasted my money. Uh, <laughs> what you need to know first and foremost, we're going to talk about Shaft. 
And uh, like I said, I guess I'm one of 10 people in the country that went and saw Shaft this weekend. But (laughs) Shaft is a total popcorn guilty pleasure flick. This is not to be taken seriously. This is not going to be, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's obviously not going to suit everybody either. If you like Samuel L. Jackson, if you like the story of Shaft, if you've seen any of the previous movies, if you don't blush when you hear the F-bomb repeatedly used as a noun, a verb, a jack- adjective, all in the same sentence, all in the same scene by multiple people, guys, this movie had some MFers in there. Yeah, but it was funny. I I did laugh. I laughed and had a big smile on my face when I left and just was kind of shaking my head like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I just, I couldn't stop laughing from that point of view. Uh, is it kid-friendly? Not at all. Not absolutely. No, 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 no. <laughs> there are some um, sexual discussions in there. There's definitely all this language. There's violence, but the violence actually was probably the thing I was least offended by, I guess. But I might have been comparing that to John Wick. John Wick still blows my mind how much killing happened in that movie. That shaft, not the same levels. Shaft, you know, there's your warning for it. It is what it is, and it doesn't pretend to be anything else. I will tell you that I felt, strangely enough, that the action was a little slow, but that the comedy and the chemistry between the three main shafts, there's there's three of them at this point, um, Samuel L. Jackson, Jesse T. Usher plays his son, and Richard Roundtree is his father. The three of them together, that was it was worth sticking around for that payoff because they're great. They're great. I loved I loved those scenes. So and it also kind of sets up like there might be more to come. Do we need more shaft? Y'all, I don't know. <laughs> Especially this box office just doesn't look doesn't look like a like America's screaming and yelling for more shaft. So who who knows what, what ends up happening here. But that's that was the first one that I saw. So that's your biggest warning is is gonna be language, 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 language. Now rolling with that theme. I was taken by surprise. I went and saw Late Night. Late Night is written by Mindy Kaling. Uh, it's produced by her as well. And I believe this is her first screenplay to movie. I really like Mindy Kaling. I've loved her from The Office. I've read all her books. I've watched The Mindy Project. You know, I, I wanted to go see what this movie had to offer. Uh, find out, you know, what she could do with a full, full-fledged movie. I really liked this one. I, I almost loved it. It's very Mindy Kaling. So if you if you've read the books or watched The Office or The Mindy Project, then you know you know what you're getting into as far as the dialogue and the the wittiness and and the timing, the comedic timing and and how she sets things up. It's smart. It's funny. Emma Thompson, y'all. Emma Thompson is brilliant. I mean, when has she not been brilliant? But she's really excellent in this movie. I really loved there's a sweet relationship that she has with her husband. It's it's just so enduring and adorable and I don't know, something we could strive for in our own relationships. I know, I know. I mean, it's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie, so it's not real life. But it was very sweet and and it was had a storyline that was wrapped in friendship and love and loyalty and forgiveness, which you know, what's What's bad about learning about that? A lot of good messages in late night. However, I swear she was out to out F-bomb uh, Sam Jackson. <laughs> not not quite, not quite. I don't think anybody could. Uh, Shaft definitely like was off off the meters there. But late night had a lot of language, uh, you know, which 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 fits 
the scenes. It, it fits the newsroom, the writer's room. I get it. So it, it's, it didn't offend me from that perspective. I just don't think I was prepared or expecting that much of it. It was a lot more uh, F-bombs than I expected. But then again, I've never been in the writer's room. So maybe that's maybe maybe it's a lot less than they normally talk like. I don't know. But uh, a lot of good messages. This was a good one. It's not doing well at the box office. But I can tell you, I would even go as far as to say that I would let my two teenagers go see this one without major concerns. Uh, the language is there, but it's it doesn't feel as gratuitous as it did in Shaft. <laughs> Shaft was all over the place. This one kind of, it, I don't want to say it made sense, but it made sense. Okay. No, there's sexual discussions and, and some sex, but I don't remember any specific sex scenes or nudity in late night. So, you know, if, if you have a teen that is interested in this movie, talk about it with them, uh, go ahead and read that. I have the reviews. I'll, I'll link those here for you too. And decide if it's something that your family, that your family can go see because it may or it may not, you know, just depending on your level of comfort with the F-bomb, I guess is, is my answer there. All right. Uh, the next one I saw was Men in Black International. And I think I was most disappointed in Men in Black. And here's why. First of all, you guys know I am a huge Marvel fan girl, and I absolutely adore Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, seeing them together as Valkyrie and Thor in Thor Ragnarok was just incredible. That was the that was the first time I was able to roll with Thor being funny, and I really liked the chemistry between him and Tessa Thompson. I did not feel that chemistry in this movie. I felt this one was a lot slower, um, the action's slower. There's a lot of lulls between scenes. The comedy's not as snappy as I want it to be. Uh, it just. And, and I'm a and I'm a Men in Black fan. I, I saw this movie a couple days ago when it first came out, but I watched Men in Black um, one and three last night because it was on TV, and I was curious if I was imagining things. Were those movies really as funny as I remember them? And they were. They still amused me and were enjoyable, and I was still I was still interested in them. But Men in Black International, womp womp, I it just didn't have the same charm. That being said, it's not terrible. It's it's not something I wanted to walk out of. It's not something I regretted seeing. It's not something uh, like if it was on TV, I'd watch it again. You know, it's fine. And there are some some great moments. Uh, there's a character Pawnee who is hilarious. He kind of saves the whole movie from a comedy perspective. Really enjoyed him. It's it's not terrible, guys. I, I don't hate it. It just I wanted more from it because I knew that these actors could bring more and. We just didn't get it. We just didn't get it. So there's that. All right. Toy Story 4. I'm going to briefly touch on this, and I'm not going to give any spoilers or anything, you know, concerning. Uh, because I'm going to save that for next week. Not spoilers. But I'm going to save talking in depth about Toy Story 4 for next week when it's out and uh, when you might have some more context to it. However, some predictions, and these are not... <laughs> I'm not taking any risk by making these predictions, but this one's going to break some box office records. Yep, I said it first. <laughs> Guys, this one's going to be, everyone's going to want to see this. Everyone's going to be talking about this. Your kids are going to want to see it. You're going to want to take your kids to see it. The good news is 
you might be thinking, I have to see this because I've seen all the others and I do like Pixar and I do like Toy Story. And you might be feeling, I don't know, just like it's a natural progression that you have to. But once you're in there and you're watching the movie, you'll see that it's its its own complete story. It's good and, and, it's, and it's, it's fun and it's sweet and it's still... It's still the same characters that we love, but there is a totally different story to be told. I was definitely on team, uh, why? (laughs) Uh, Toy Story 3 was perfect. Toy Story 3 brought all the feels. It wrapped everything up. I didn't need anything more. Why are we doing Toy Story 4? That was me. I admit it. I totally admit I was that person. I'm still not convinced that we needed, and I'm doing air quotes here, I'm not sure that we needed a Toy Story 4. However, it is a complete story, and it's a good story. Pixar does it again, guys. Uh, it's 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 A-plus storytelling, and you'll probably cry. I'll just warn you that up front. <laughs> I mean, it's Pixar. If you, if you don't cry in Pixar, do you have a heart? Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. They, they find that way of grabbing onto us, don't they? I know they do. The only thing I do want to tell you this as a quick heads up, because I know you've got your tickets. I know you're going to go this weekend. Everybody's going to go see this movie. And everyone's going to be talking about it. It's pretty okay for kids. I mean, it's it's Pixar, it's Toy Story. It's, it's written for children, right? It's, it's any language that you have to be worried about or, or sexual content or anything silly like that. It's Toy Story, right? However... There are a couple of scary-ish moments that if you have a very sensitive child or a young, younger child, uh, they might be crawling up into your lap <laughs> when these scenes come on. I'm not going to say much more than that, but if you want to go ahead and uh, read my review, it, it's also non-spoilery, but you can also reach me through the blog, noguiltfangirl.com. Uh, the reviews are all there under the parent movie review tab, but feel free to read it and, you know, just kind of get a sense of things. And if you have any questions, I'm happy to help you out with that. I actually did have a friend reach out and said, my daughter's super sensitive. She's older, but she's super sensitive. Can you go ahead and spoil for me so I'm prepared or I know how to prepare her? And you know your kids, right? So keep that in mind. Toy Story 4 opens, well, officially Friday, but you know, Tickets are out on Thursday night. I don't know why they do that. That's so, it's so crazy to me that they say the opening date is Friday when really it's Thursday. Why don't we just say it's Thursday? (laughs) All right. The last movie that I watched this weekend was Murder Mystery on Netflix. The last Netflix movie that I saw was Always Be My Maybe. And I really enjoyed that one. I thought it was funny. I thought it was sweet. It made me laugh. Um, tons of language in it, but it still made me laugh. And of course, Keanu is in it. So, you know, you know, I'm, I'm down with the summer of Keanu and the Keanu sons. <laughs> However, uh, this one, this one has Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston in it. Both, both actors I enjoy. So I thought, hey, I'll give it a try. In fact, my daughter had already jumped ahead and watched this. And she came in and she goes, Mom, you have to see Murder Mystery. It's so good, so good, so good. So I, was, I, I had I high expectations. They were not met, folks. They were not met. <laughs> uh, I did not hate it. I didn't want to turn it off or walk away. Um, it's, it's not terrible. So keep that in mind as I'm saying the rest of this. It was just entertaining enough to make me want to really like it. Like I was, I was almost there. They almost had me, but it just never quite took the turn and got over the hump for me. I just, I, 
it was okay. It was okay. It, it's not a huge mystery and it's not a huge comedy. It's kind of just a meh on both both levels. In the end, I felt like it was kind of uh, tired, um, a little boring in my in my perspective. Just not good, but at the same time, not terrible. And people are going to stream the heck out of this. So I know you guys are all going to watch it or your kids are going to watch it at some point. I will tell you this. Uh, there's there's enough language and sexual situations in it from a parent perspective just to be aware of it. It is PG-13. So be aware of it. But nothing, you know, glaringly, screamingly bad. But there is some to be aware of. And, you know, that's I, I just want parents to know this going in. Uh, when you hear your kids talking about it or say they want to see it, at least you know what might might be there. And if you have any questions, screen it before they watch it or watch it with them anyway. Then that'll, that'll decide. Uh, like I said, my 13 year old, oh, I'm sorry. She's 14. Sorry, Claire. My 14 year old daughter absolutely loved it. thought it was hilarious. And, uh, her old mom just didn't quite see the humor in it, to be honest, y'all guys. That's all I've got for the Monday movie minute this week. Uh, there is a new podcast episode coming out on Friday, and this one is going to be all about reality TV, which I keep saying I don't watch, and that is not a lie. I really don't watch reality reality TV anymore. As I was kind of doing some research for this podcast and this interview that I have coming up, I went back old school to, you know, when did reality TV kind of start and discovered I used to be a reality TV junkie. <laughs> I just don't remember it. I, I didn't, didn't realize how much reality TV I used to ingest like constantly every week, but I did. Um, so we're going to talk about that on Friday. Uh, Big Brother starts next week next week, I think. And my, uh, my, my guest this week is trying to talk me into to jumping in and, and watching, watching a little big brother with you guys. So who knows? We'll see what happens. I'll, uh, I'll listen to what she has to say. And you might want to tune in on Friday to find out if she convinces me to, <laughs> to get on board with the reality TV train. Um, you know what? If it works, it works. And and I found something else that I like and that I want to fangirl over, right? That there's, there's really no downside to this. It's just, it's just funny to me that I've been rolling my eyes and putting my nose up over reality TV for so long when in reality, I am OG reality TV. <laughs> but more to, more of that on Friday. As always, guys, don't forget to subscribe. Throw those five-star reviews in there. It helps other fangirls find the show. And it's always appreciated by yours truly. Thanks for fangirling with me on the No Guilt Fangirls podcast.